took my traditional publisher mindset over into the independent world and it got in my way. Welcome back to The Author Biz. I'm Stephen Campbell, and this is the show where we deliver the information you need to become the CEO of your author business. If you're in the United States, I hope you had a great Thanksgiving and didn't overdo it too much on the food. Our Thanksgiving was really nice and included two new family members separated in age by about 80 years. Fortunately for all of us, the younger of those two new family members chose dinner time for a nice long nap, allowing us to enjoy our turkey stuffing, two different types of potatoes, green bean casserole, homemade noodles from my grandmother's recipe, and three different pies. One of the great benefits of cooking Thanksgiving dinner, which I do most years, is the leftovers, which will probably finish up sometime later today. It's been good having them, but by tomorrow, it's time to get back to a slightly more varied eating schedule that includes things like, you know, salads. I'm recording this intro on Sunday morning while sipping some delicious Rev Up Energy Tea from Tivana. I think that's the way you pronounce it. It's Tivana. The tea showed up as a gift from Jill, who's a listener of both this show and the show I do with Taylor Stevens. Jill, thank you so much for the tea. It's very much appreciated on these brisk late fall mornings. And when I say brisk, I mean around 60 degrees, which is the early morning norm for this time of year in southwest Florida. This week's show is the start of something we haven't done before. If you're a regular listener or follow the world of indie publishing, you've no doubt heard how important the speed with which you launch the first few books in a new series can be to building an audience for that series. But it's one thing to talk about it after the fact, another thing altogether to talk about it before the release of the first book. Today's guest is Martha Carr. She's the author of four books, and her newest is a thriller, The List Conspiracy, and it's the first in her Wallace Jones series, which will be a six-book series. It's the six-book part and the release schedule for the series that's the focal point of this show. Martha comes from the world of journalism and has written a weekly nationally syndicated column on world events and life that has run on such political hotspots as themoderatevoice.com and politicus.com. Her work has run regularly in the Washington Post, the New York Times, USA Today, the Wall Street Journal, the Chicago Tribune, and Newsweek. As you'll hear during the interview, she left the world of writing a column and became a novelist, choosing the path of traditional publishing. That ended the way it so often does, with a contract that's not renewed from her publisher. Not surprisingly, she turned to indie publishing. And that's a little bit of the story, but the story gets more interesting when she saw a guy give a talk to about 100 authors in Austin, Texas. That talk not only changed her perspective, it also changed her plans. And those plans, as I mentioned earlier, include publishing at least six novels in her Wallace Jones series over a span of 91 days. And she's going to talk about that process, the publication process, and the results of the publication process with us on this show in a series of short follow-up episodes approximately one week after each new book is released. Will the rapid release schedule work for Martha's thriller series the way it's worked for authors in other genres? 
We're all going to have to wait to find out, but we will find out in close to real time in what I expect to be a fun and highly educational series. The easiest way to be sure you don't miss out on any of this series is to be a subscriber to The Author Biz, and there are several ways to do that. The first is to subscribe to the podcast on a podcast app on your phone. I'm an Android guy, and I use Podcast Addict, but every smartphone has podcast apps available from the iPhone podcast app to Stitcher to even Google Play has a podcast subscribing feature. Heck, you can even listen to the podcast on your Amazon Echo. Other ways to subscribe include an RSS reader like Feedly to be sure you see each post from the AuthorBiz website, where you'll also find show notes for this episode. And, of course, there's the AuthorBiz email list. However you listen, I hope you do subscribe so you won't miss any of what promises to be a very interesting series of shows. All right, let's get to the interview, which begins with me asking Martha Carr why she's willing to be so open and transparent about the results of her sixth title release process. There's nothing actually to hide, and I think that by being transparent, uh, people will become more interested in finding out about the books. And it's just data. So if what we're doing doesn't work, what I'm going to do is take the data and um, make changes. I'm not going to give up writing or give up trying this. Uh, There's been enough people who have succeeded ahead of me to show that it does work. And it's a great thing that it hasn't worked in thrillers yet because it's a wide open field for us to find out what can be done. All right, let's talk a a little bit, Martha, about your background. Um, You were a stringer for the Washington Post and wrote for them for a number of years, and then you had a nationally syndicated column that went over a 1,000 newspapers and websites, sort of everywhere then. Right, and so working for the Washington Post was extremely great experience because you go through three sets of editors with each article, at least the pieces I was doing, and they ask such good questions, and their uh, their writing is more like prose. And so by the time you get out of there, you really have a much better idea of how to make a story complete and leave out 10 adjectives when you only need one or two. So that was a great experience. <laughs> it is amazing to me. the number When I go to, um, to author conferences, I, the number of people that stand up and give talks that came out of the newspaper business, it's just that must just be like the best training in the world, especially for people that write crime and thrillers. Absolutely. You learn to ask the question, the obvious questions, and then keep going so that it's a full story. It's not very, you can do the who, what, where, why, and how, but that's not as interesting as then telling a bit about the person's um, background. One of the best stories I ever read in the Washington Post was when two different people were uh, killed a block apart, but there was a dividing line of income that just happened to be right there. So one person was in middle income and one person was not. And they told the life story of the two. And it was just one of the best crime stories. So yeah, it is great training ground. And uh, I guess another thing that comes out of that is just putting your butt in the chair and getting the job done every day. If you're writing a column, it's got to be done by, I don't know when, say eight o'clock at night, you've got to have it turned in so that it can be in the paper the next day. Also, by the time somebody's willing to give you a column, they're assuming that they won't need to edit you much. You've gotten to a place where it's going to be really clean. It's going to have original sources, so you're not citing Huffington Post or, uh, you know, you haven't been fooled by an ad. You actually, um, and you're you're presenting things from more than one angle. 
And uh, so if you've made it to at least that level, your writing has gotten pretty tight and sharp. And that's great for a thriller writer, too. Yes. And I've, I've got to ask this question, not only for myself, but the other people that are out there listening that are like me. Um, how do you get yourself to just put your butt in the chair and start writing when you don't feel like it? I sit down and I tell myself, <laughs> if you do 15 minutes and you're still this tortured, you can get up. But basically, it's that I go and sit down. At a certain hour, I have to be at least sitting in the chair staring at the screen. And uh, things happen when you're willing to at least stare at the screen. And uh, the interesting thing, too, is I've written some pages where I thought, well, at least I put something down. And you read them later and you think, not half bad. So you can't wait for the muse to hit you because there are deadlines. And sometimes you just have to keep going. A great outline will save your save you as well, and uh, if you've it, I always write at least three chapters ahead a very detailed outline. So if I'm really stuck, I can keep looking over at the outline to see where to go next. Oh, that's interesting. So you don't outline the entire book; you're just kind of outlining uh, almost like using the headlights um, to, as far as you can see, basically. Well, actually, I always know the ending. I always know the basic frame, but the detail, I'll get into the details of three chapters ahead. But you have to know where you're driving to because, other, especially in a thriller, you're building a puzzle. It's a multi layered puzzle. And uh, so everything has to gear towards that ending. And in a series, it's still um, geared towards uh, a particular point that's books away. So I've dropped uh, Easter eggs all the way through that some people will start to pick up on and some won't, which is part of the fun. And so you have to know where you're going and who's going to be involved. But then you leave something open, and that's where the three chapters ahead comes in. Okay, uh, there's a there's an interesting tidbit about your life that I want to get to in a few minutes. But before we do, um, either while you were writing the column and writing for the for the post, uh, you decided to start write, writing novels, or maybe you did that afterwards. When when did the novel writing come into play? The novel writing came into play uh, after the Washington Post. Okay, and. Uh, yeah, I just, I've always loved to read. Um, I was five years old when I first went to the Philadelphia Library, and I was astounded that you could take as many books as you could carry and bring them back, and they'd let you take more. And books take you everywhere, and I just really wanted to tell a longer story. You're so right about the, the value of libraries and that the books do take you everywhere. And you um, you had, I, I guess I'll call it the usual story. You, you found an agent. Uh, the, the agent sold the book. You got a contract. Um, you were traditionally published. And then that thing happens that happens to so many people uh, who are out there listening, perhaps, uh, where the contract is expired and, the, and then it's not renewed. And you're just kind of sitting there going, now what do I do? Yeah. And, it, and frankly, when uh, books don't sell really well really quickly, which is hard to do, uh, you can tell your agent is slowly starting to lose interest. Mm -hmm. And so fortunately I was, I'm around at a time when there were other options and uh, I started to look over on the, uh, the independent side of things and wonder if that might be better anyway. And I had some friends who were already venturing over there and they kept saying they were happier. And what, what time frame was this when when your it, when it became apparent that your contract wasn't going to be renewed and and you began looking at indie? 
That must have been around 2011, 2012, okay. when I started looking over the over the hedge. Okay, and then when you actually jumped over the hedge, what happened? So I took my uh, traditional publisher mindset over into the independent world, and it got in my way. Uh, I didn't realize it at the time. I didn't understand why I was having so much difficulty. And uh, I've watched, uh, and I know we're going to talk about this more later, but I've watched recently a lot of people in the independent world who are doing really well. And I've noticed that one of the advantages they have is they aren't having to overcome any, you should do it this way. (laughs) And I was trying to do it a certain way and mix it in with the independent and it didn't work. And it was frustrating. And so what, 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 what has been your experience up to, let's say, up to this point? So you brought your traditionally published mindset in. You probably thought, like a lot of people did, that I know more than some of these indie writers yes. because I'm coming out of this right. background and I have this experience. And then there is, I'm assuming, some frustration when things don't go the way that you expected them to go, and you see some of these other people that didn't have your experience having a different experience. So um, how, how long did it take for your mind to just wrap all that up in a ball to where you could understand it and, and start going in a different direction? So here's, so here's what I was doing at first. I was publishing too slowly, and I was going after reviews in more traditional media. And uh, I was also going wide. And uh, the constant thing that I kept saying to people is everyone who finds the books loves them, but not enough people are finding them. And I don't understand why. Mm -hmm. And I didn't wrap my mind around it until I got an email to go hear some some, uh, guy speak I'd never heard of who was doing unbelievably well. And I thought for sure it would say on a how-to book, because I've seen that happen before for that. And when I saw that it was sci-fi and fiction, and he had started writing six months before when I saw the email, six or seven months, and he had, um, he was about to make thirty or 40000 in one month, I thought, I at least have to go hear this, hear what he has to say, see if he's legit. And for people who listen to the show on a regular basis, you might recognize the Michael Anderley story there um, because we were we talked to Michael when he first hit ten thousand dollars a month and then it was soon after it was thirty thousand dollars a month so here's this here's this guy having this crazy success, and you got an email and you so you went to see him give a talk in Austin. is that right that's correct okay, so you went to see him give a talk. How many people were there? There were almost a hundred and um and that was really fascinating because a lot of the people from the get-go had the same attitude I did, but they didn't drop it. I mean, no matter what he said, they still had kind of the attitude of, that's not possible. Mm-hmm. And he's standing in front of you. So how it, it, I don't know what that was about. But the interesting thing to me was at the end, Michael said, I will stay as long as anyone has a question. And I uh, had a young lady with me, a high school senior, who'd already written two full-length sci-fi novels. And so I thought, well, he'll get rushed. I won't get to ask a question. But I turned around, and only two people stayed. Everyone else was making a beeline for the door. So I said, I'll be right back. And I went up and um, asked him a few questions. I was so impressed with his openness, his transparency, and uh, his desire to help without looking for what he could get out of it. 
and uh, things just grew from there. And that was in June, I think, June or July. And uh, here we are in November and everything has changed. Okay. Now, were you surprised that in an audience of, of 100 and let's say, I'll just take a wild guess. How many do you think were authors that were in there? Uh, probably every last one of them. Okay. So you have 100 authors sitting there listening to someone talk about having what, at least in my mind, is an extraordinary success, and 97 of them walked out without asking any questions. I just I, find that astonishing. Yeah, and you know, uh, so I've been making a point of observing since then, there's maybe 1,200 people in the group 20 Books to 50K, which Michael started on Facebook, and is a very supportive and uplifting group. But I've watched it. It seems like there's two distinct groups. One group is focused on the elements of publishing and one is focused on sales. And the ones who are focused on the elements like a newsletter, et cetera, they get a great newsletter, but they seem to not be happy with their sales. Those who focus on sales are doing well at sales and uh, they have okay newsletters. Okay, everything else is okay, but it seems like where your focus is is what you get. So the 97 people in that room, some of them were saying, well, you know, my uh, work is art. I can't choose by genre. This is what I want to do, which is cool. Um, but they're more focused on the type of book they want to do and not the reader. And uh, others were uh, just, I just don't know that they believed him. And um, some people just wanted, wanted to be right. So they just didn't want to be wrong about what they were doing. That's a hard thing. That's a really hard thing to accept that someone else might be right and that these things that you've been doing for the past several years right. uh, maybe were not right. And that you may try his, his method and you may have to restart it and try it a second time. Um, I think um, Scott, uh, Paul, that you mentioned uh, had a series initially and then did a short story that took off. And so he took a right turn and now is doing really well. So even in the midst of things, he was willing to take in the data and, and look around and say, how could I do this better? And for listeners out there that, that Martha is actually referring to a conversation we had before we started recurring or before we started uh, the interview. But, you know, Scott has been on the show before, and I will put the, uh, the link to uh, Scott's interview in the show notes. But Scott's a very active member of the 20 Books to 50K uh, group and has, has had extraordinary success doing things that people said was impossible. Uh, actually, I was referring to the show that you did because I had listened to it. Okay, good. And, yeah, and uh, he has an okay newsletter. I mean, he's doing all the different parts, but his focus is on sales and the reader. And so he's interested in getting the reader excited. And that's what Michael will tell you as well. He's more interested in getting the reader excited. And so uh, we're going to talk about the journey I'm on. But one of the things I'm going to also be doing besides the books are some short stories that go with the books to see where people might like to see the series, what direction they like to see it head in. OK, so one of the things that made your story so appealing to me, I've seen what Michael's done. I've seen what what Scott has done. I've seen some some things that other people in the group are doing, but they're all genres that I don't write and that you don't write and that you know, a, a number of our readers don't write. They're, they're mostly paranormal um, or, or different elements of, of science fiction and things like that. There's, there's, I've not seen anyone use that model uh, successfully uh, with a thriller or, or with crime novels. And this is what you're doing. You're, you're, you're following the exact blueprint 
that Michael essentially laid out on the, on the show the first time he was here. And we're going to see how this goes. And we're not only going to see how it goes by talking to you today, we're going to see how it goes by talking to you after each of your books drop. So That's right. let's talk a little bit about your your plan. And, and let's start with the pre-release plan, and then we'll get into the release plan. And, uh, and we'll wrap up by talking about how we're going to recap this uh, another six times uh, after each book has come out. So pre-release plan, what, what, have you, what have you been working on? So um, the, from the very start, what I should say is I showed the covers and the blurbs and uh, the titles to the 20 books to 50K group. And consistently they said, Where, what genre are these books in? It was so vague that um, it answered pretty quickly why people were having a hard time finding the book because I made it hard to know what it was. Uh, the books were professionally done and they were really pretty, but they didn't tell you anything. Mm -hmm. So, so all of that got rewritten and, uh, I took it through the group to see if maybe this was registering with them or revamped the website. So that had to come first. Then I, um, talked with Michael about a, a different, the release dates, which are very close together so that, uh, they start December 1st when uh, for sale and then, uh, by February, the sixth book will be out. And starting on Wednesday, you can get the first book for free through the holiday weekend till Monday. And this show will go out on Monday. So if you're listening, if you're listening to this show on the day it comes out, it is the last day that you can get the book for free. So we'll have a link to that so you can get the book for free so you can sort of sample what she's doing. There, may, there will be people out there listening who think, uh, is she writing six books in – you know, just a few weeks, and the answer is no. Some of these you've already finished, so let's let's kind of talk about that, and then what your your writing plan is as well. Okay, so I am um, bringing out. There were two books, one of which readers said was too long, um, so I've split that into two. So there there were three books that I went through, cleaned up a little, and um, and then I've written uh, two more. So I'm finishing up the fifth one. I'll be writing the sixth one all along, and the short stories. And um, I purposely did that so to take some of the pressure off of myself mm -hmm. so that I wouldn't be – I also work full-time as an editor for a large corporation. So I do this at night, and, uh, and it can be done. It's just that you, I had to make the decision that I wouldn't be going to as many things. People wouldn't see me as much. But to me, it was worth the effort because I want to see what it can do. And I think – that I know that thriller is the second largest category um, selling. So I just believe that somebody is going to crack it, and I'd like it to be me. I would too, and I would love for it to happen live on the show because that is yeah, that is so wouldn't that cool. be fun? Yes, yeah. And also, I come by the whole thriller, uh, political thriller, and conspiracy naturally because. Um, I, my very first job in the world was selling tourist books in the White House in the North Portico <laughs> and uh, during the Ford and Carter administration. So I was hanging out with politicians from a young age, and um, I'm the great-great-great-great-niece of Thomas Jefferson. And so I was raised on politics, and uh, I also got to see behind the scenes. When you're raised on politics, you also get to see, uh, see how they really make deals. And uh, I just was really fascinated by this idea that um, voting is 
one thing, and I know that's a hot topic right now, but most of what gets done is behind the scenes and deals are made, especially in those days, people went across the aisle and uh, you knew you wouldn't get everything, but you knew you'd get something. Mm -hmm. So I just took it into a darker place. Okay. And I know we have listeners out there and there are people in the AuthorBiz group on Facebook who are actively writing multiple books so that they can do something like what you're doing. They're, they're getting them ready because we can't all write as fast as Michael and Scott who can just like release a book and then start writing the next book and have it finished in a few weeks. Uh, for, for us mere mortals, the idea of writing a few of the books ahead of time and then coming up with re- this release schedule makes some sense. Let's talk for a minute about your email list. Um, what when you started this, what was the – did you have an email list? No, no, not really, no. Okay, all 30 right. people, so I'm going to say no, okay. and I knew all 30. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so you're doing things as a part of the pre-release um, to, to help to build that list. What are you doing? So I am doing the Insta freebie uh, from uh, Wednesday to Monday, and uh, I also have been doing Facebook posts, um, uh, boosting posts on Facebook to tell people about what's coming up, and I'll be doing ads on um, Facebook as well. And one of the things that I was really attracted to, by the way, when I listened to Michael talk was he was very specific about where he advertises, and he limits it to Amazon and Facebook when his books are out. And he limits where um, he is interacting with readers as well to Amazon and Facebook. And that made far more sense to me uh, that you really focus on two areas and you build those instead of spreading yourself thin between 10 different places. So I knew from experience that didn't work. And so that's what I'm doing as well. And also in the back of all of his books, you'll notice there's something called Michael's Notes where he talks to the readers on a really personal level. I've uh, done that as well. And um, so I'm going. I'm, I'm really building from the ground up. I'm not starting in the middle. Okay. Regardless of how much experience I might have, I consider myself new at this, which is kind of fun. And so... It's going to um, – I know his didn't really take off till book three or four. I'm just going to keep um, – by book four or five, we'll know whether or not uh, we've succeeded at all or whether or not we're going to be taking in the data and changing direction. But for now, um, the po- the boosted posts I've been doing for the Insta freebie and in that these books are coming have been doing well. And I've made a point of pointing out there are six books coming so that people can see it's a series right up front. And so I'm making that point and that it'll be in Kindle Unlimited and um, on Kindle so that uh, the anticipation is hopefully building. And I I do notice on your website that just on the homepage that you can just kind of scroll through all six books, which was very clever, nicely done. Thank you. Uh, The web designer was Michael Bingham Hawk. And fortunately, he's very good at taking uh, what I'm saying and doing something better than uh, what I had in mind. Excellent. Sounds like you found a good guy. Absolutely. And uh, those covers, I really love, but they were inexpensive because my budget is limited. I have spent thousands and thousands, by the way, on PR firms that are credible, lovely people, and it didn't work. 
it didn't get what I hoped for. And I've heard other traditional authors say the exact same thing. So to be able to, it's really revolutionary, even for traditional publishers, to take what Michael is saying and translate it into what they're doing. I, I, he's saying, um, find out what the reader wants and see if that's something you can do. Like you were saying, you and I are not really interested in certain genres. So if you're not interested, then you're not going to do very well at writing in it. But there are lots of genres out there. And uh, see if you can get the readers excited and, and talk to them about that. And I think if your focus is on getting readers excited, it shows in the way you talk to them. Instead of join my newsletter, it's more about, hey, I'm so glad to see you here. Here's what I've been doing. And I, I've been following your posts and your your uh, boosted posts on Facebook, so I think I've seen most of them. And it's you're writing or like you're you're linking to little snippets uh, of stories on your website, which is something that Scott Paul was doing. I know that Michael does that well as well. That makes absolutely zero sense to me that that would work to drive people to take an action, but it has been working for you. People are clicking on those and then signing up right. for your email list. Yes. And I think it does make sense because if you think about Amazon's look inside, mm -hmm. every, everybody looks inside before they buy the book. And so I'm giving everybody the opportunity to look inside now. And uh, I'm staying in touch though. It's not one boosted post. It's a series mm -hmm. so that they remember. And it's, um, it's, it'll be three uh, snippets of about a thousand words each by the time the book's out. And so you've gotten a chance to see, do you like the rhythm of, this, of the book? Do you like the topic? Um, I think it makes great sense. It's, it's like the lady in the grocery store who gives you a sample. And you find out, oh, I really love this. I want to buy it. Yeah, and that, that's a great example. And it, it's, it's also it's, it's one of the ways that we all have blinders on. Like for me, I never do the look inside at Amazon. I, I, just, I look at, at the blurb. I look at the title. I look at the cover. And I make a decision. I never look inside. So th that's probably why the snippet makes no sense to me. But I will say that whenever I see the sample at the grocery store, if it looks good, I'm all over. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, you know, you're a good point that the cover still matters. The blurb really matters. The title really matters. And I was falling down on all three of those with the series originally. So you're a good example that it's exactly like you said. You can't go just by what you think you would do. You have, that's why the 20 books to 50 K group is really valuable because I've been for six months, I've been watching what works for everybody, what they're in tune with. And so instead of the focus being on me, it's on the readers. And as you said, it's, uh, it's following the data and the data will tell you what to do. And I guess Chris Fox has a new books out, a new book out, uh, that uh, much to that effect, uh, as well right now. So it's, it's sort of a popular topic. Let's talk about, uh, you're an Insta freebie on the day that we record this, that the Insta freebie will end on the Monday that this show goes live. Then two things happen on December 1st. What are those? The first book in the series will go on sale. Uh, that's the List Conspiracy, and it's the Wallace Jones series. The second book, The Trader's Revenge, will go on pre-order. Okay, and that's – again, we're just at Amazon, so that means you you have to have the – the finished product up there, which you already have because it's already done, so it's fairly easy for you to do this. And then you extend that. What what I think is really interesting is the release schedule. So without getting too far into the weeds, um, I'll, I'll throw out a caveat. Every day that you release a book, other, except for the last one, you also launch the pre-order for the next book. 
Correct. So with that being said, uh, first book is coming out on December 1st. Second book is? December 8th. So one week later. <laughs> Correct. Okay. Yes. And then the pre-order for book three comes out that day. And then the third book comes out when? December 22nd. Which is two weeks later. So we're going one week on the first book, two weeks on the second book. And the release for the third book is when? Uh, the, the third book comes out on December 22nd. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, the fourth book. The fourth book. The fourth book um, comes out January 9th, The Circle Rises. Okay, so that's a little bit longer, maybe 18 Correct. days. Okay. Right. And the fifth book? It, uh, the Watcher's Revolt comes out on January 31st. Okay, so 22 days later. And then the final book comes out February 22nd? Good job. Yeah. All right. The I got it. Project. So yes. it's we go from a week to two weeks and then we start easing our way up to just around three weeks uh, for the Correct. last couple of books. A little over three weeks. Yes. And hopefully by hopefully we'll be doing so well that book six will not be the last. It we'll see. Well, hopefully we'll be doing so well that every time we talk between now and then, you'll be pulling your hair out because you've got to write books seven, eight, and nine. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm hoping. And in the meantime, between, uh, between those releases, you said you're going to be also releasing some short stories. Right. Uh, so uh, with the idea in mind that you're, uh, you want to engage the readers, you want them to be involved, and you'd like them to be excited – I purposely in the list conspiracy put a lot of little storylines that I don't do a tremendous amount with that ride through it so that I can pull from those to keep the series going and to make it um, still a lot of fun. And uh, so uh, I will be doing short stories from those little side ones to see which ones really get people excited. And there will be a free app in January where on your phone you can uh, – choose your own storyline so depending on which storyline you choose you get to different endings and it'll be a free app and uh, you'll be able to find it on the website on how to get it and it's a lot of fun i've already played it once and uh i'm the one who wrote the copy and i was still having fun with it how does that work so you come to the screen and it gives you it tells you the basic story well, we're we're all authors here, so I don't I don't mean from a, a reader perspective. How does that work for you, the author, to put this together? Oh, so a friend of mine, um, Marissa Penganeben, was interested in learning how to build apps, and so uh, when I heard that, I I'd always thought that a treasure hunt of some sort for a thriller would be fun, and and in a sense, this is because you get to write your own. Um, story, mm -hmm. not just the ending, but the story all along the way. And so uh, we built a wireframe where we start with a basic premise and then different conclusions can happen and then different conclusions on top of that. And uh, we used um, the stories originally set the whole series in Richmond, Virginia. So we used photos from Richmond, Virginia as the background while you're playing. And it gives it's a short story based Basically, where the reader really gets to interact because they're picking um, how it ends. And if you play it more than once, you can do a different ending. And how many words did you write for this, for, for a, a single I, – I, is app the right word? Or? Yeah, it's an app. It is – yeah, it will be a free app, and we might put it on the iTunes store. Um, we're, I'm leaving that up to Marissa, who knows more about that. But um, it's, um, it, it should be a lot of fun for people to play. And uh, and basically, it's a clever way to read a short story. I, th this is fascinating to me. We 
would it be possible to get her on one of the shows when when we do follow up for this? Uh, yeah, she is in uh, Rome, Italy. Oh. But uh, <laughs> through the use of technology, we can probably figure that out, and through Skype, uh, we can probably include her. Yeah, that would be fun. Um, see, if, you know, since we're going to have six more, uh, you know, fairly short things. Once the first. Uh, story comes out on the app, it would be interesting after that to have her come on so that, um, you know, we could discuss it. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing this and, and seeing how it works. It's a, it's a really clever idea to build reader engagement. Right. Because, um, you know, Scott can tell you short stories do work. But what if the what if the reader had some control over what happens? And, uh, you know, some of the endings are um, happy and some are not. So and and it also gives them the chance to read the short story again and come up with an entirely different plot line. And that's a lot of fun. Now, will these the short stories that you're writing for the app, will they also be available to people who don't want to play the app? They just want to read. This one is unique to the app for right now. And it's a minor character. But if the app uh, that you don't really hear from much in the series, and I kind of just put him in there so that I could do something with him later, if the app really takes off and people just really love it, I would love to do um, a full-length novel with him in the lead. And uh, so we'll see what, you know, it's really, I'm going, I want to do this with readers. I don't want to be like an island saying, I, um, I write and you read. I'm not interested in that. And that's probably why I I really warmed up to what Michael was saying in the first place. I want the readers to be involved and to say, I really love this part. Like, for example, people who've read the list, I get all the time. Wallace Jones is the main character, a woman who's happily married to Norman Weisskopf. And I get all the time, please don't kill Norman. (laughs) and um and uh i don't i'll just tell you right now i don't because i think that would kill the series right there if i did now with with this emphasis that you have on on reader interaction i've I've got to ask a question about your author notes that you're putting at the end of the books have you already written them all or are you you planning on like doing that at the last minute just putting them in so that people know exactly where your mind's at at each point along the the journey well i've I went ahead and wrote the first three because those books, and that was an interesting thing because those books were written sooner, but it gave me the chance to write some background about what got me into this and what, why it took so long to do this. So yeah, basically I'm doing them at the last minute, uh, so that I can include what I went through to get here and what was going on. Okay. And so I guess I'll include that. I agreed to do these radio, um, these podcasts, and uh, hopefully the the ending was happy. Yes, yes. And that's, you know, that's sort of the way we want to wrap this up. If you're out there listening and this is at all interesting to you, and I, I you know, it, it, it's it's super interesting to me. I'm excited to be a part of, of, of what we're doing with this. I mean, this is a serious high wire act um, because we, we don't expect a huge success with book one because it's the first book. But by the third or fourth book, uh, there are going to be certain expectations that you have. That's right. And so much like a high wire act, you kind of hope the guy makes it all the way to the other side, but you're still <laughs> going to watch if he plummets and splats. No, 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 no. We don't want you to plummet and splat. We want this to work. And uh, and then after it works, you're already making plans to do an anthology. That's right, which I hope that you contribute to as well. And so that you can, uh, we can gather our strength as, as writers and offer something to the readers where they can get to know a series of thriller writers 
and um, we can help, we can come together as a group. I think that's such a great idea. I've watched Michael do that with um, others uh, where they did sci-fi anthologies and readers have adored them and the writers have really enjoyed working together. So I'd like to do that for us as well. So you and I can join forces. We will do it. And there will be other people that want to join forces as well. Martha, this is, I, I commend you for your willingness to be so transparent and, and just so out there with this. I, I wish you all the success in the world and I'm excited to, uh, to follow along as, as this goes. How can people uh, who are out there listening, how can they touch base with you or where are you online? So if you go to um, MarthaCarr.com and Carr is C-A-R-R, you will immediately see all the books uh, on the homepage and the right to the right is how you can sign up for the newsletter. And if you sign up for the newsletter, you'll find out about things a little sooner than everybody else. And like the app or any giveaways that might be in the future or when the, the next book is coming out. And uh, if you go to uh, Facebook, uh, you can search for Martha Carr author or the Wallace Jones series. And Wallace is W-A-L-L-I-S, the Wallace Jones series. And I would love to hear from you and let me know if you've already read the list uh, conspiracy from the first go round. Let me know what you think or, or what you'd like to see and certainly tell others. Well, yeah, this is going to be fun. And if you're out there and you if you haven't joined, we, because we talked a couple of weeks ago about uh, 20 books to 50K, uh, Michael Anderley's group and the group that we've been talking about uh, it, on this show. Uh, it's available to authors. Just uh, request admittance and uh, get in. I, I think you'll find it very useful. Uh, of course, I would also welcome you inside the Author Biz Facebook group, which is a different kind of a group. We don't, we don't, we're not as as close to the bleeding edge as uh, Twenty Books to Fifty K is, but it, it's two different groups with two different focuses. I'd love to see you in both groups. Um, Martha, thanks for being here today. Thank you for having me. I'm really looking forward to this experiment. And I think uh, either way, uh, what everybody should keep in mind is it's just data. So it's not a question of uh, if I'll succeed. I think it's more a question of when. I love it. Thanks for, thanks for listening, everybody. And remember, you can find show notes and links to everything we mentioned today at theauthorbiz.com. Thank you very much.